This is the Ruben Report. It is February 14th. Are you feeling the love? It is Valentine's Day. I hope you eat chocolate and get laid tonight. We are live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. If you get laid during the day, that's fine too. Wherever it works out for you guys, just fine. Enjoy it. Hope you have somebody that you love. Hope you love somebody. And if you don't, get cracking. Time is of the essence. That's the point. Uh, we do a post-game show every day. It's going to be very lovey-dovey today at rubenreport.locals.com. And I think we're just going to dive right into the show today because we have a jam-packed program with all sorts of notes and things. And I checkmark things when I think they're particularly good. Uh, if you are playing along on Twitter, you may have noticed that uh, over the last uh, day and a half or so, I've been going pretty hard on this uh, organization known as NewsGuard, which is a lefty nonprofit, though funded by the government. I'll have the receipts for you in just a moment. Uh, and they have been reaching out because they want to do a big piece on the Rubin Report. They don't like me very much, and they want to find out about our journalistic integrity and a whole bunch more. Now, interestingly, this all started yesterday. Yesterday was Monday. Now, you've never heard me talk about NewsGuard on the show, except that on Friday, last Friday, Marissa Streit, the CEO of PragerU, was on our panel, panel show with Viva Fry and David Sachs, and she mentioned how NewsGuard, funded by the government, uh, has been going after PragerU. So interestingly, that is the first time they've ever been mentioned on the Rubin Report, and then Monday morning, we get an email, they're looking into us. Well, I am not taking it lying down and I have gone off on these freaks and losers and today I'm going to destroy them. But before I do that, I wanna to talk to you about leaky guts, okay? And then we'll get to the destruction. You guys know that a leaky gut is caused by a toxin that's in all the quote healthy foods that scientists have been telling us to eat with a fraudulent food pyramid for the longest time. This toxin, according to Dr. Gundry, a world-renowned cardiologist, is affecting millions of people nationwide. Warning signs include weight gain and fatigue and digestive discomfort and stiff and achy joints, even skin problems. These side effects are often mistaken for normal signs of aging because leaky gut develops usually over a matter of years and sometimes even decades. The good news is this can be easily fixed from your own home. It's very simple. You just have to know which foods are actually healthy and which contain this hidden toxin. After years of research, Dr. Gundry has decided to release an informative video to the public for free. Do I have a website to send these fine people to? We're gonna post a link in the description down below. It's gutcleanseprotocol.com slash Dave. There's the doctor with an avocado. Avocados are good for you, there you go. All right, so I wanna really get into the collusion and what I always tell you guys is the lie laundering between the nonprofits, the NGOs, the government, big tech, big media, how they have pushed so much nonsense on us. And then the few people that push back, they label misinformation experts. And, well, no, they don't label us misinformation experts. They say they're the misinformation experts. They la label us misinformation and disinformation, I don't know, assassins or something like that, um, while we try to push back on their drivel, and it's happening faster. It really is escalating very, very fast. Uh, the level of nonsense and, and our ability to basically expose their lies and everything else. So I wanna frame all of this around a funny thing we saw on CNN. CNN, which of course uh, is unintentionally funny. Uh, there was Don Lemon, and you remember Don Lemon, he had the nighttime show, nobody was watching, so instead of firing him, they gave him the morning show. Now the morning show has the worst ratings, I think in CNN's history, but Don still gets up there with his fake newsman glasses, pretends to be a journalist. Uh, here he is discussing, uh, you saw it, we played a clip yesterday, at the Super Bowl, very, very scary stuff. Do we have any kind of warning for this level of scary stuff? Do we have any scary, we don't have a Halloween warning or a scary sound? It was very, very scary, so, so please, I'm, I'm warning you. Elon Musk was sitting in a box with Rupert Murdoch. This is, this is freaky, scary stuff, and, and Don's not happy about it. System, and you see Elon Musk 
um, and Rupert Murdoch sitting there together, that gets people to wonder. And for some, it is confirmation that, see, that's why he shouldn't have done the interview with Fox. It's all, they're all in collusion out to get Joe I mean, Biden and, and liberals and the administration. I mean, it is kind of, you know, Musk has sort of positioned himself as this rebel against traditional media sitting next to, you know, one of the great media moguls of our era who uh, has these vast holdings. Maybe most interesting, you know, Murdoch's daughter, Elizabeth, a prominent media executive sitting next to Musk, who is theoretically currently in the search for a CEO to replace himself, which I don't know, I think she's sort of an interesting candidate for that gig. Were you that surprised, though, to see them sitting next to each other? I really, I, I don't think I was that surprised. No. It stood out, but it wasn't like, oh, wow. No, it seems like the most predictable thing in the world. I was kind of surprised that they actually, like, wow, they actually did it because it's a little frightening. I must. Wow, it's a little frightening. Two guys sitting next to each other peacefully, probably eating hot dogs. Could really freak you out, you know? That is scary stuff. Uh, but there's a reason that Lemon is scared, obviously. Oh, by the way, that, the guy there that they were bringing on as the analyst, that guy, Ben Smith, I don't know, it says under his name, he's the something of semaphore, I don't know what the hell that is, but he used to be the CEO of BuzzFeed. So this guy is like a full-on trash journalist. That's all he is. He also has that weird, that asexual affect that I keep talking about. I don't know why it is that these guys on TV have to talk like this. Like maybe they could talk like adults, but for some reason, if they come off as completely asexual, then somehow people think that they're saying something nice because they sort of have that Trudeau thing. I don't know. Anyway, why is Lemon afraid that a big tech guy who's coming in and saying, hey, I'd like an even playing field and I'd like more voices to be heard and we're not going to uh, ban people based on political views and we're going to have a more transparent terms of service and things of that nature. Why is he so freaked out that that guy would be sitting next to a media mogul? Now, he, obviously, he doesn't like Rupert Murdoch because everybody's watching Fox. For the set of people that still watch cable news, and there are a certain set of people that still do, it's increasingly less, obviously. People are tuning out, you know, cutting the cord and all that sort of thing. Uh, now you can get Fox digitally, but the point is people are watching cable news as a whole less, but they really have left CNN. They've really left MSNBC, and Fox News is still getting millions and millions of viewers on every program. So he obviously doesn't like Rupert Murdoch. So the idea of the free speech guy sitting down with the media guy who's controlling the network that people watch, that's scary because what could happen? Don Lemon with his low-rated morning show could lose the narrative and all they have is the narrative. Uh, here is video of Matt Taibbi. Matt Taibbi is an actual journalist, you know him. He is the one that released the first edition of the Twitter files. So Elon brought him into Twitter. You may remember that first round of Twitter files. He also brought in Barry Weiss, Michael Schellenberger, a couple other people said to them, here's what's going on here. You guys can do whatever you want with this information. The only thing that I ask is that you release it on Twitter. That jives with my experience uh, with Elon, which was I sat down with him for a couple hours and all he said was, hey, you can say whatever you want as long as it's true. So this guy is actually trying to restore journalism. That would freak out and be very frightening for a guy like Don Lemon and his cohorts at CNN. Anyway, here is Matt Taibbi explaining Hamilton 68. Okay, now I really, this is, you're gonna have to jump with me on this one for just a moment. He's explaining Hamilton 68, this dashboard that was used for disinformation and, and watch this and then we're gonna show you how it actually was used. You'll see what I'm doing here, I promise. Yeah, so the key here is that they built this tool called the Hamilton 68 dashboard that purported to track Russian bots. Again, it was based on 644 accounts, which we now know are mostly organic accounts, mostly real people, mostly in the West. Uh, but they would say these accounts are now following, let's just say, the uh, hashtag Fire McMaster or hashtag Release the Memo or hashtag I Stand with Laura or hashtag Parkland Shooting. And then you would see a flood of news stories come out in the next day, maybe in The New York Times, maybe The Washington Post, maybe CNN, maybe MSNBC, that would say Russian bots are supporting this hashtag. In reality, there were no Russians, or there were very few Russians, let's put it that way. Most of these were actual real Americans who were just doing ordinary conversations on Twitter. So Mike Morrell, let's look at those four again. Uh, Mike McFaul, an ambassador to Russia, certainly has credibility. Mike Morrell used to brief Bush as well as uh, Barack Obama, CIA guy, and then a Podesta, as left-wing as it gets, was supposed to be the chief of staff of Hillary Clinton, ran her campaign, uh, and Clint Watts, an MSNBC contributor. So he could continue this, this false reporting as so-called experts in Russian bots on another news network. Okay, this is seriously important stuff because this is how the lies get laundered. So those guys that they showed up, that they showed the images of right there, they create this dashboard 
called Hamilton 68 to make it seem like Russian bots are running rampant and affecting our elections and everything else. And it's completely untrue. Now we're gonna show you a compilation of mainstream media circulating the idea that Hamilton 68 has something to do with Russians and bots. This is just wild, right? So Taibbi is reporting the truth. The truth is these guys came up with this dashboard. It had nothing to do with the Russians. Now watch how the media has been reporting on this for weeks and months, actually. Twitter tracking tool that's called Hamilton 68. They're now reporting that Twitter accounts linked to Russian influence operations. Well, they've been upping the frequency with which they're promoting this hashtag, release the memos. Uh, there's a dashboard, Hamilton 68, named after the Federalist Paper, uh, Alexander Hamilton's Federalist Paper, uh, which focused on election meddling and protecting the process, which uh, focuses on Twitter feeds and has determined that Russia was indeed, or sites alleged to be um, connected with Russia, were interfering uh, in the Alabama election. Russian-linked Twitter accounts tried using the tragedy to stoke the nation's political divides. Kremlin-linked accounts flooded Twitter using hashtags like Parkland and Gun Control Now to get into trending conversations. According to data collected by the nonpartisan dashboard Hamilton 68. Yeah. The bad news is the Russians are continuing to attack our democracy. Do you guys get it? Like, again, it's one of those things. Once you see it, you see it everywhere. It had nothing to do with Russian bots. These guys, Bill Crystal, McFall, these guys came up with this thing to point everything at Russian bots. Does that sound kind of familiar? Remember we had a couple uh, impeachment hearings from that orange man and all that stuff. So why am I mentioning all of this? Well, at the top of the show, I mentioned that NewsGuard is going after me. NewsGuard is one of these sort of nonprofit organizations that use a name called NewsGuard. Makes it sounds like it makes it sound like they're guarding the news, like they're good guys. Uh, although it's a bit ironic, sort of like reliable sources who are actually unreliable sources. And what they do is they look at. TV shows, they look at websites, and now they look at podcasts, apparently that's new as of yesterday, um, to decide, are these people being truthful? But of course, as you know, and we will now lay out the case, they are a bunch of partisan hacks and they are getting government dollars to look into private citizens. I'm a private citizen, they're looking into me. So how did this all start? Well, on Friday, I had PragerU CEO Marissa Streit on the show, and she mentioned that NewsGuard has been looking into them. Now, before I show you the clip, why would NewsGuard be doing this? So they can put you on a list, right? So they say, PragerU bad. They put you on a list, and then what their hope is, is that they can get that list to the New York Times, which is always what happens. Nobody pays, nobody reads these little NewsGuard things. You've never heard of NewsGuard before Friday, right? But what they do is they, they come out with their study, which is completely fraudulent, the New York Times then reports on it, and then other companies, advertisers, whatever it might be, they go, all right, you know what, actually, we're just not gonna work with PragerU. Uh, we're not gonna you know, license them our video player. We're not gonna put ads on their programming, et cetera, et cetera. So this is how they launder the lies and do their mafia tactics. So let's go to the beginning of this. This is how it started. This is just on Friday. Again, I had never mentioned NewsGuard on the show before. Uh, here is PragerU CEO Marissa Streit talking about what's going on with NewsGuard. I pray you. Marissa, I'm sure none of this surprises you because you guys at PragerU, when we talk about censorship, you guys have been in lawsuits with Google and YouTube before and been fighting the, the algorithmic tricks and all that stuff for, for quite some time. Well, I think that's where jo uh, Jim Jordan was trying to reach. He's trying to figure out and really highlight to the public and to Congress how involved these media companies have been with the government. And this is one of the issues that we have had when we've sued YouTube and now we have these issues with NewsGuard. The answer that we keep getting when we're experiencing censorship is that these are free, you know, th these are companies, they, they are free agents, they're allowed to do whatever they want to do. And we keep highlighting the fact that there is government intervention. It's just we can't seem to, to grasp where it's coming from. And, and hopefully these congressional hearings, but more so, more investigation. And I agree, we need to start asking the FBI, why are media companies like mine uh, have felt so much pressure to censor, to self-censor, uh, and not just self-censor, when we produce content about climate or about the lockdowns. I don't mm -hmm. call it, I call it the lockdowns. Why have we been threatened with being, you know, basically 
you know, taken off the internet entirely. Okay, so one of the things that happened to PragerU after NewsGuard wrote a piece about them, said that they were very scary, is that JW Player, which is one of the video players that's on a lot of the websites. So, not, you know, YouTube has its own native video player. Rumble has its own native video player. But if you go to a random website, they use, they license a player, a video player from somebody else. JW Player is sort of the ubiquitous one that's on most of these websites. They broke their relationship with PragerU after NewsGuard went after them. So that's what she's talking about. You go for, you put these scary ideas out there. PragerU is somehow misinformation and they're mean right-wing people. And then other organizations, they start getting freaked out because we live in this bizarre time of cancel culture, which we're trying to extricate ourselves out of. And then you start losing your ability to put your videos up or sell ads on your stuff or whatever it might be. So anyway, that was Friday. Again, I have never referenced NewsGuard on the show. I don't give a flying F about NewsGuard until they come for me. So on Monday morning, my assistant, Daphne, forwarded me this email. Dear Daphne, I'm Zach Fishman, and I'm a reporter with NewsGuard, a service that reviews news and information websites and television shows for credibility and transparency. These reviews, which include a written summary and a checklist of criteria, are intended to help readers have more context for the news they consume. We are in the process of expanding our purview to podcasts. How bizarre. They're suddenly doing that the Monday after I mention them. And I'm currently writing a review of the Rubin Report. Is someone available to answer some questions I have about the content aired on the show? As a heads up, we incorporate quotes from our correspondences into our published reviews, so this conversation should be considered on the record. Thank you. In essence, mafia tactic. You have a very nice podcast, don't you, over there? Be a shame if anything happened to your podcast, so you better play ball with us. So once Daphne forwarded me that email, she said, how would you like to handle this? I thought about it for about 12 seconds, and then I tweeted this. I found the guy on Twitter. Uh, hey, ZB Fishman, my assistant passed along your email, and there's a copy of the email, so I wanted to go on the record for you and NewsGuard as requested. Quote, who on the government instructs your policies and where do you get your funding? Your mafia tactics won't work on me. Print that. It's on the record. Poop emoji, clown emoji. End quote. So first off, I really hope when they do the report, the poop emoji and the clown emoji get in there. That really was the key to the whole thing. Anyway, that got a lot of traction. Okay, people start retweeting it, commenting on it, because people have had it with these people. People don't want this nonsense. Organizations that are funded partly by the government, we'll get to that in a second, and then all these you know, left-wing NGOs and nonprofits, they funnel, funnel all, they funnel all of this money to silence anyone who is outside of the narrative. So Zach Fishman responded to Daphne. He sent another email. Hello, Daphne. I've seen the questions that Dave Rubin posted on his Twitter account. To answer them, NewsGuard is editorially independent and does not receive instructions from the US government. Notice he didn't say they don't receive funds. We'll get to that in a minute. You can read more on Why Should You Trust Us page of our website. For information about NewsGuard's funding, see our investors page. I've written out my questions for the Rubin report below if Rubin or anyone else at the show would like to provide comment. So now we, we, I had Phoenix go into this email. He wanted to know a zillion things about the show and what I've done. So I'm just gonna read a couple of these. Now, can you put the camera back on me for a second? Before I read this to you guys, I've said a million times on this show, I am not a journalist. A journalist is a fact finder out there on the street, traveling, trying to talk to direct sources to tell an honest story. What I do is I see the news, I ingest it, and I, and I tell it back to you guys. I clearly have my opinions, like I am not pretending. I think the difference here, the difference between say a me and a Don Lemon, Don Lemon also talks to the camera, tells people the daily news, similar to what I do, but I'm not pretending that I'm impartial. I'm telling you what my opinions are. My, my evolution is very much out there. We did that whole 25-minute uh, video last week, my, the four videos that I've done for PragerU, completely talking about how I've evolved politically. I make it clear when I'm supporting a candidate or when I like somebody or I don't like somebody. My cards are completely on the table here. So now a couple of the comments that Fishman wanted to know about the Rubin Report so that they could write their very negative review so it could get in the New York Times and then people would stop working with us. Uh, I noticed that discussions of significant issues on the show are dominated by conservative, conservative opinion 
with the podcast regularly neglecting to provide alternative viewpoints on these topics. I've listed some examples below. Do you believe that the podcast overwhelmingly airs one-sided commentary? Well, come back to me for a sec. So first off, I try for for a long time. When I was on the left, I was getting people on the left and the right on. Once I started bringing people on the right on, all the lefties started screaming that I was a homophobe and a bigot and a racist and a transphobe and everything else. So it is increasingly difficult to get people on the left on. That being said, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but we just did an interview uh, last week. We posted part one this morning uh, with my buddy Pete Bogosian. Pete is a lefty, a liberal. He watched the State of the Union address and thought Biden did a good job. And we sat down and agreed to disagree, but we went into each of our opinions on that. Anyway, I can do my show as I see fit, but what this guy is trying to do is he wants to be able to write a scary Rubin's scary right-winger. Scary right-winger, don't work with Rubin. Next up, on the 11-5-22 episode, Rubin interviewed Republican gubernatorial candidate Tudor Dixon, openly supported her candidacy while criticizing Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer with her, and did not present the perspective of any Dixon critics in his questions. Uh, well, I interview people the way I see fit. It's my fucking show. My name's in the title, dude. Come and get me. Number four. <laughs> that was an effective. I feel like that was, you know, because I'm trying to with the F-bombs, but that one I felt was like, you know, we know whose show this is. All right, number four. I found multiple instances when Ruben said that the COVID-19 vaccines don't work. I got one more for you, Fishman. They don't work. There, I said it today. The Valentine's Day. February 14th. For example, on the 131.23 episode, while discussing a poll showing how low enthusiasm in Australia for the fourth dose of COVID vaccines, Ruben said, the vaccines don't work. None of this works. Do you guys get it yet? Yes, while I was talking about the fourth vaccine that they want these people to get. And on the 123.23 episode, while discussing a 2021 Australian government advertisement that depicted a gasping woman on a ventilator and promoted COVID-19 vaccines, Rubin said, that was the government doing that to their own people. Get vaccinated. Now it turns out vaccines don't work. Yes, they don't work. Vaccines do not stop you from getting COVID nor transmitting COVID. And there is no widespread evidence that you will get lesser COVID if you are vaccinated. Actually, I just had Robert Malone on, who is the inventor of mRNA technology, and he thinks it's degrading people's immune systems and they are going to get far worse vaccine injuries than we're even seeing now. So a little, a little bizarre. Uh, it's interesting though, he didn't reference any of the episodes where I provide receipts for my vaccine comments and all that. Uh, here's another one, and then we'll, we'll stop belaboring the point. I think you're getting it. On the 424-22 episode, guest Carrie Lake claimed that widespread fraud caused Arizona's electoral votes to be stolen from Donald Trump in the 2020 election. Without pushback from Rubin, she said, we've had millions of election files deleted. We've had election and state laws that were broken. We've had 740,000 ballots that contain no chain of custody. President Trump, I believe won Arizona by a landslide. Well, I'm an interviewer and I interviewed Carrie Lake and those are her opinions. And she fought very hard in her election, which was subsequent to that. In her own gubernatorial election, she fought very hard. It doesn't seem like it's going well through the courts, but she is entitled to her opinion, you douchebag. Uh, everything she said in essence, she believed to be true. I don't fact check people in real time. If someone says something like completely egregious that I know to be untrue, I, I can mention that. Um, but I am an interviewer. Are you saying that every interviewer should sit down with someone and be fact checking them live in that moment? And by the way, she literally, Carrie Lake literally said, in my opinion, opinion. So anyway, he sent those questions. And again, because he said everything's on the record, I'm thinking, why would I respond to this on an email? Let's roll, dude. Let's do this publicly. So here, here, and this one, I was a little, uh, a little saucier, I think. Uh, hey, ZB Fishman, got your follow-up email. Once again, I'll respond in public and on the record. You're not a journalist. You're an activist rat. I do my show as I see fit. Don't like it. Don't watch. And get a life, you obsessive dork. Please print that verbatim. Thanks. I, I know, I know. 
everyone is like, I get it, I get it. Am I being like a bit much here? But I don't think really, because these people have to pay for this stuff, enough of this. So, all right, NewsGuard, you seem to want receipts about things. You seem to want, and Fishman, and you Media Matters losers, and you Southern Poverty Law Center freaks, you're all watching this, trying to figure out how to take me out. So let's just roll through what it is you guys are doing over there at News at NewsGuard. Well, PragerU also is not just sitting there and taking this crap from them. Uh, so they have a page on the PragerU website that explains what NewsGuard actually is and who's who they're partnered with. And here we go. You're going to love this one, guys. Who's behind NewsGuard? NewsGuard is partnered with big tech companies like Microsoft, Big Pharma, like the PR firm for Pfizer, the maker of the COVID vaccine, government agencies like the Department of Defense, and even... Uh, teachers unions like the American Federation of Teachers to, quote, combat disinformation, especially around COVID-19 and elections, according to the World Economic Forum. They want to control the narrative on any and every topic from climate change, COVID-19, treatments and vaccines to elections, Planned Parenthood and the WEF, to name just a few. So now this is really beautiful. So I tweet all this stuff out, right? And, and this guy, he has no followers. NewsGuard has no followers. But again, they're not trying to get this out there via Twitter. What they do is they put these false studies together and then their cohorts in the New York Times literally print it in the New York Times and then Democrat politicians run around saying, you see, disinformation, misinformation, we have to censor more people. So anyway, my tweets were, were catching fire. And Brendan Leslie, who is in charge of Florida's Voice, they are an actual independent journalist outfit here in Florida. He did absolutely, Brendan's a great guy, we're gonna get him on the show. He, he did great, great work in Southwest Florida after the hurricane. Uh, he texted me this morning and he said, Dave, you know, I saw your, your tweets about this. It's funny, because another guy at NewsGuard has been going on after me, uh, and I got him to admit in an email that they do take money from the government. So he sent me the email, here you go. Uh, this is someone named Samuel Howard going after uh, Brendan Leslie. Uh, it is true that a minor portion of our revenue comes from small federal contracts begun during the Trump administration to provide reports on Russian and other state-sponsored disinformation. I hardly think this makes me a Fed any more than someone working with a utility that supplies electricity, phone, or internet services to the government makes that person a Fed. I do hope you will respond to our questions. Uh, Brendan obviously is not responding to those questions. He did send me that. Now, it's interesting. He's saying that they're just getting a little bit of money. Uh, well, it took me all of 30 seconds to do something on the computer. I opened up my computer. You guys know I don't like to open my computer that often. I'm doing most of my stuff on the phone, but I opened up my computer. What's going on with this thing? Here we go from USA Spending. This is the official usaspending.gov website. Uh, a purchase order from the Department of Defense to NewsGuard Technologies for $750,000. That ain't nothing. So the government, you, not, you really need to understand this. And this is so consistent with the Twitter files and everything we are finding out in every which way. The government pays this place called NewsGuard to take out voices they don't like with these false, nonsensical, ridiculous questions going after opinion uh, makers and things of that nature. Uh, and then they get it into the New York Times, and then this is how they do their their censorious lunacy. This is how they do it. Uh, also, it's a it's a very poor analogy that he gave there because electricians are not contracted to combat dissidents of the government. Electricians generally uh, they connect things so that you get power to your TV, for example. Uh, but this is happening everywhere, and it's bursting forth all over the place. I saw this tweet by uh, Gabe Kaminsky this morning. New. Disinformation Inc., the State Department-backed National Endowment for Democracy, granted over $315,000 in 2021 to the Global Disinformation Index, which is secretly blacklisting conservative news. So you can see, guys, this is happening all over the place. Also, uh, my buddy Clay Travis, you guys know Clay Travis from Outkick.com. He had a long thread this morning. The Brookings Institute has been funding all of this research going after him and, uh, and Buck Sexton. You know, Clay and Buck, they replaced Rush Limbaugh on the radio, so that's a real threat right? Because they have a, a counter viewpoint than the predominant, let's say, left-wing liberal viewpoint that these people want out there. Uh, so the Brookings Institute has been going after them with a well-funded, 
attack. And it's like, we must expose this nonsense. It still is confusing these people. It still is confusing your friend who no, doesn't watch this show, doesn't listen to Clay and Buck, but they, you know what they are? They, they drink their coffee on a Sunday morning with their cat on their shoulder and they read the New York Times because they're very bright while they're sitting on the Upper East Side. And they go, my God, honey, you're, you're not going to believe this. Uh, NewsGuard said that Dave Rubin is a mean dude. We best not watch his program. And that is the way they enable the nonsense. And when you wonder why reality is so disconnected from what we're getting in the media, this is exactly why. And the fact that NewsGuard is connected to the World Economic Forum, which gives me a heck of a segue. We're gonna show you Palpatine himself. Here is Klaus Schwab saying that the uh, world will no longer be run by the USA. Instead, uh, he's got plans for the WEF and uh, BlackRock. Okay. Who will really command the fourth industrial revolution and its technology like artificial so intelligence? What's your sense of who's best placed at this time to lead the world into the fourth industrial revolution? Because you pretty much created this term. We're seeing the kind of technological strides that China has made with Huawei, with the 5G technology. Do you believe that this could potentially be China's time once again? We, we should make here uh, again a, a, let's say, a differentiation. On the one hand, we have uh, state capitalism. On the other hand, we have shareholder or private capitalism. So it's a clash between two systems. I, I believe that um, state capitalism in the short term, in the short term provides certain advantages because you can mobilize in a concentrated way a lot of resources to reach a specific objective. But I believe that the future is not state capitalism or shareholder capitalism. The future is what I call stakeholder capitalism which um, is combined with the social responsibility. The, the last line there is the really scary part. Stakeholder capitalism is combined with this social, this idea of social responsibility. This is ESG. We've done several shows on this. Glenn Beck wrote a fantastic book on it. I had Vivek Ramaswamy on to talk about it. This idea that these companies, and this is what fascism is, when governments work with giant corporations to instill a political belief on the people. And that's what they're doing. So they get these diversity, equity, inclusion boards at all of these big companies because they're being socially responsible as ESG wants, as Klaus Schwab, Palpatine wants. And then they hire based on race and sexuality and gender. And they make sure that, oh, you've been vaxxed. So maybe you'll get a promotion. You weren't vaxxed and you're white. You're kind of out, man. And a whole bunch more. This is exactly how it's working. And what he does, this Klaus Schwab guy, who of course is unelected, has no, in, in reality, in, in the reality of how things are supposed to work, should have no power over your life. Um, he also comes off as a complete cartoon character. If you, were, if you were making up the idea of the evil guy, the evil world leader, I mean, it's him. It, it, the accent, it's all just perfect. It's him. Uh, but what they then do is they have their little world economic conferences. Obviously, we, we covered the last one in Davos quite extensively a couple weeks ago. And then they send the world leaders back to their countries to institute their policies. This is top down evil nonsense. We sent many, many high level American officials there. Uh, and then what happens? Well, you know, we talked a little bit and I did a show with Matthew Termond about Brazil, what's been going on in Brazil and the election upheaval. And of course, you're not seeing any of it on mainstream media. But now Brazil basically has a socialist communist government. Okay, there has been a complete takeover and freedom is hanging on by a tenuous thread at best in Brazil. Here is their new prime minister. This, he is a leftist socialist, Lula, uh, saying that you will not be able to receive financial aid if you are not vaccinated. And I think you will see how these things are all connected. Behave the way we want, as Klaus Schwab said. There's a social component to this. Get vaccinated, you'll get stuff from us. Don't get vaccinated, maybe you can't shop there. Maybe you can't get a mortgage. Maybe you can't get the car loan, etc. Take a look. Pelo amor de Deus, a gente não pode ser ignorante a ponto de achar que não vale a pena tomar vacina. Uma mãe que não leva o seu filho para tomar vacina contra paralisia infantil, 
Mamãe que não leva o seu filho para tomar vacina contra o sarampo, contra a rubela, contra qualquer outra coisa. Eu fico me perguntando que tipo de amor que essa mãe tem pelo seu filho, que ela não cuida do filho no momento mais importante que essa criança pode ser vacinada e pode evitar ter uma doença mais delicada na vida dela. Agora vai começar a campanha do Zé Gotinha. Sabe? Agora vai começar, gente, a gente não pode vacilar, a gente não pode brincar. É uma questão da ciência. Eu, se tiver 10 vacinas da Covid e 50 para tomar, eu tomo tantas quanto for necessária, porque eu gosto da minha vida. E eu acho que cada um tem que gostar da vida dos seus filhos, levar as crianças na idade certa. I mean, this guy is evil. Let the vaccination, the va the, sorry, the vaccination campaign is about to begin. Like, it sounds Hitler-y, doesn't it? We just have to get enough people showered. This guy wants 10 to 50 vaccines, whatever it'll take. Um, and if you don't do what he wants, and he's, remember, he's supposed to be the lefty, the socialist, right? These are always supposed to be such nice people. Does he seem very nice as he would gladly take someone's child away from them if they choose not to have this poison injected into their child whenever the state deems it necessary on top of the fact that he clearly does not think that, and you can watch, you can get this one on me, NewsGuard. Uh, he clearly himself doesn't think vaccines work if you need 10 to 50 shots Uh, would you say, I would say 40 is probably roughly the, re the threshold. Like at the, at the 39th shot, when you're getting shot number 40 and you're like, does this thing work? What are we doing here? My arm hurts. Um, but these are bad people. These are bad people. They are deeply connected. And I, and I think you can see how I'm trying to paint you that picture of how it's big government, it's big tech, it's these nonprofits, and then the government itself funding these things, and that's how the lies all get laundered. So how can we connect that back to something that's going on here in the United States? Well, one of the interesting things happening is that the school choice movement is picking up major, major steam. Uh, it's happening in Iowa, it's happening in Arkansas. Uh, we're, we're pushing for it here. I hope that DeSantis is gonna get on it fully here. We have a better version of a public school system here because we've done so much to fight the woke, but it is happening from state to state where they are deciding now, and it's of course it's all red states, to fund students instead of systems. So you will get, say, a credit of X amount of dollars, and then you can go, okay, I can either send my kid to the public school, I can send them to this charter school, I can send them to this private school. If I do one of these things, I may have to make up some extra money, but more choice, so the schools then become competitive, so hopefully they start actually teaching instead of indoctrinating. But how is that connected to all of this? Well, the Democrats really don't want that. Why is it that Democrats really want everybody in public schools where they learn about wokeism and they learn that boys are girls and chopping off your genitals is good and they are indoctrinated with things like the 1619 Project and everything else. This seems to be happening in every blue state that there is. And here is Katie Hobbs. Katie Hobbs is the Democrat governor of Arizona. Uh, and here she is, she's being asked a question about why she doesn't uh, support school choice. Choice is good, right? I thought the, the Democrats are supposed to be pro-choice. Uh, but here she is being asked, why doesn't she support school choice? And she kind of doesn't really get to do much of anything here. Take a look. I want to play something that the state House Majority Leader said in response to your plan. I think this was his response to your State of the State address. Okay. We also think it's only right that Arizona students have the same choice that Governor Hobbs had attending a private school, which she credits for helping her build a better life. A reference there to the private Catholic mm -hmm. high school that you went to. So yeah. why shouldn't all students have a chance at what you said was so important in your own life? Look, I grew up in a working class family. This was well before any of this um, of public assistance for private school existed. And my parents made that choice. I begged them to send me to public school. Um, and we sacrificed a lot. There were times in my family that we were on food stamps. Um, and so it wasn't, it was a choice that they made. Um, and they struggled to, to make that choice. Um, what I want is for every public, every student in the state of Arizona, no matter where they live, to have access to high quality public education. And with this uh, universal voucher system, um, that's not happening. But if their system is failing, if their public school is failing, no to giving them a chance to go somewhere else like you did? The, the schools are failing because we are failing to invest in them.
I actually feel bad for Carrie Lake. Uh, the fact that Carrie Lake lost to that woman is deeply depressing. And she also does that thing where you talk like this at the end of every sentence. So you don't really have to say anything because you're talking like this. So then people are like, oh my God, they talk like that. So they're obviously okay. Um, so you understand her parents did everything they could if they, they were on food stamps apparently, but they somehow could scraggle enough change to get her out of the public school system because they obviously were worried about the public schools. So they did everything they could while they were eating their little TV dinners uh, and they sent her to private school, but she does not want to give that opportunity to other people. But why is that and how is that connected to what we're talking about? Because what would be the best way of brainwashing a generation, taking an entire generation of young people and turning them into asexual, purple-haired, socialist wackadoodles? It would be by sending them to state education where the teachers now, and Libs of TikTok is constantly showing teachers, uh, saying in essence this, they are there to reprogram the minds of these kids. And it is evil and it is dangerous. And this is the policy of the Democrat party. So while folks like Hobbes try to force Americans into state education indoctrination, we actually have other leaders that are crushing that system. We've got a DeSantis video. Can you believe it? Yeah, DeSantis, you go. So, so this college board, like nobody elected them to anything. They're just kind of there and they're providing service. And so you can either utilize those services or not. And so they've provided the, the, these AP courses for a long time. Uh, but, you know, there, there are probably some other vendors who may, may be able to do that job uh, as good or maybe even a lot better. Uh, so I've already talked with, with Paul, and I think the legislature is going to look to, to reevaluate kind of how Florida is doing that. Of course, our universities can or can't accept um, college board uh, courses for credit. Maybe they'll do others. And then also just whether our universities do the SAT versus the ACT. I think they do both. Um, but we're going to evaluate kind of how all that, that process goes. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, we highlighted things that were very problematic. And I'll tell you, it wasn't just people like me saying that. Across the political spectrum, people were saying that, like, you know, this really is junk. Why don't we just do and teach the things that matter? Why is it always someone has to try to jam their agenda down our throats? Contrary to all of the harpies on The View, we showed you the videos yesterday who were screaming that DeSantis doesn't want anyone in Florida to learn about racism or civil rights or anything else. What he's doing is taking an AP course where high school kids will get college credit to learn about queer theory in African-American studies while also being taught that reparations are good, which is a political stance, not something that should be taught in high school, uh, and, and a whole bunch of other nonsense. And all he's doing is pushing back against it. And that's what these people hate most. So the reason they censor, the reason they censor Clay Travis, the reason they write these ridiculous reports, and the reason that the government funds these things to silence us, the reason they're doing that is because too many of us are waking up. I don't know how long that can be a tenable position, uh, but to continue a little bit further on this schooling situation. So Randy Weingarten, you know her, she is the president of the, uh, the teachers union. Uh, and here she is saying she's very upset that the college board, which the, you know they handle these AP classes, she's very upset that they caved to scary Ron DeSantis. You know, when I first saw what the college board did, and let me just confess, I am an AP Gov teacher. I have taught <laughs> not African-American studies, but I've taught AP Gov. Um, and so I was disappointed, as I said that day, with what the College Board had taken out. Oh, so she was disappointed because she wanted uh, AP African-American studies to teach gender queer theory. If you were to teach, you know, I took AP government. I think, it was, I think it was American history or AP government. I don't remember even the title, but I took it in 12th grade. I think I got three college credits, something like that. I had to take a test at the end and you have to pass the test so that you get those college credits. But they weren't trying to indoctrinate us. We learned about things like the separation of powers, the constitution, the declaration of independence, all of those old documents that we are founded upon. It was pretty good. My teacher was Mr. Gessner. He was fantastic. One of the, he was the guy, I loved the guy. Absolutely loved the guy. Um, so there she is, and she's saying, well, I'm an AP teacher too. I teach AP Gov. Well, AP Gov is wildly different 
than this nonsense. But of course, she's not going to address what's actually, and this is exactly what they did on The View the other day. They never address what's actually in any of the things. They just go with the bumper sticker thing. Don't say gay. Well, I'm going to say gay. Nobody's telling you not to say gay, lady. So how do we combat those who wish to censor us? The simple truth is just say enough. Just tell the truth. Just be brave. Don't cave. And you will win because you will wake more and more people up. One of the guys who I'm continually working on is Bill Maher. And here he is on his show, listening to Paul Begala, leftist activist Paul Begala, who can't understand why nothing's working right from his own side. And then Bill has to lay out some truth. Democrats and my fellow liberals, it's the people we supposedly care about who are the victims of crime. It's those folks who are voting for more security, more safety, more and better cops. And it's the white liberals who want to defund the police. This is a big Achilles heel for the Democrats, is it not? Oh, they need to get out in front of it. They need to, I want a Democrat to stand up and say, you know, some people belong in jail. You know, the rapists, the murderers, the One slap for that. Yeah, I, I'm I, sorry, I, but I, they I, do. I, I think that's very interesting. Um, I'm gonna go out on a limb. Some people it, do belong in jail. Look, I don't have to do the whole Bill Maher thing, but you know, the fact that he even called out the one person clapped on that, that some people deserve in jail because liberals are all afraid of each other. If, if five people had clapped, then 20 people would have clapped and then the whole audience would have clapped on that. But there was one sane, probably conservative in the crowd. He hears, oh, rapists should be in jail. That's pretty good. Anybody for rapists in jail? <laughs> and Bill's going, yeah, rapists should be in jail, you morons. I will give Bill a lot of credit on that. He is the only host I have ever seen in television history who attacks his own audience when they're being stupid. Now, again, Bill always will vote for Democrats. I'm gonna keep working on him, so be it. But the point is, Paul Begala, it's our guys, it's us that are doing this. Why don't we do better than this? Well, who are you always voting for, moron? So Bill needs to join the team. Join the team, man, that rewards those who protect us, but are constantly hated on. Who The team that rewards the people who are keeping society going while the other side decides to burn the whole thing down. We got more DeSantis. Yeah, he's hiring more police officers and giving them bonuses because they all want to move here since they don't want to live in New York or Cali anymore. I asked the legislature in this legislative session, we need to do bonuses uh, for law enforcement. Someone defund. Some want to defund the police. We're funding the police and then some. And that is the stark difference, whether it is at the education level, whether it is at the policing level, that is the stark difference between what's happening here in Florida and what's happening in places like New York and California. And that's why their descent into that black hole of destruction or the videos that I showed you of all the drug users in San Francisco, it's like these, it comes from state education. It comes from lack of personal responsibility. It comes from high taxes and high regulation. So people can't start small businesses so they can't have their dreams. So then they become dependent on the system and they, they aren't, they literally aren't as happy. They aren't as fulfilled in their lives. And that's why there is this urban decay in those places. And that's why it is freaking flourishing right here. And that's why if DeSantis runs, his theme, his theme should be simple. Make America Florida. That's it. That is the answer. We have it. But at the end of the day, which regardless of which way the political wind is blowing, you must fight for what's right. We have had too many people that haven't. Are the Republicans getting balls right now? It does seem that way. And what's happening even as that happens, as more of us wake up from the mainstream media slumber, as more people get red-pilled and everything else, the Democrats are having trouble explaining their policies, right? That's why Katie Hobbs, who we showed you a moment ago, the, the governor of Arizona, she refused to debate Carrie Lake. Now she won, so she'll, she won't debate next time either if she runs again. But this is what they do. They have the media behind them, so they very rarely have to explain themselves. So now Chuck Schumer, Chuck Schumer, who 20 years ago was a decent, moderate liberal. He's just a leftist. He's just got nothing left. There's just nothing left. He's also related to Amy Schumer, which is just disgusting. Did you know that? I'm not making that up. They're cousins or something, yeah. Or, or he's her uncle or something. Uh, anyway, he went on The View because uh, they were having trouble explaining why despite Vi Biden's vivaciousness and energy and all of those things, why is it that people don't seem to support the guy? So Chuck had to run some cover. 
Senator, President Biden's State of the Union doubled as a soft launch, soft launch for 2024. And President Biden has made historic accomplishments, which you were speaking to, in job growth, health care, infrastructure. But an ABC News poll, uh, I know, earmuffs, a whoopee, uh, says that the voters are even less enthused about Biden running again than Trump. Now, can you explain the disconnect between what we are seeing in the successes and what the polling is showing? Yeah. I think first you can't always believe polling. Thank you. Um, <laughs> hey, there was a poll in 1983 that said Ronald Reagan would get clobbered. Mm. And, of course, he won a huge victory. But second, I think part of it is that we now have to make sure the American people, they've read what we have done. Yeah. But they haven't. Chuck Schumer doesn't have a neck. He's just a head on a body. You might want to look into a neck extension or, you know, those women that put the rings so they get that long neck. We've got to get one of those for Chuck. Um, okay, so fine. You know my feelings about the polls. You don't always have to believe in the polls. But what I thought was interesting about that clip is, you see, uh, they're not getting the results, right? They see that people aren't into the Biden thing. Okay, he stood there. He didn't collapse. His brain didn't explode. So be it. But they're not seeing enough people just falling for it on top of the fact that him running as an 84 year old or whatever it be would be the most giant, ridiculous farce of all time. There already is a massive conspiracy running in the White House, which is that they drug him for these things. There is no doubt about it. It will come out one day. NewsGuard, you can watch this show right now and said, Dave Rubin says that they're drugging Joe Biden. And yes, they are drugging Joe Biden. I don't need the receipts. It is obvious, okay? There is something wrong with him. If he was your grandfather and constantly babbling and confused and shaking hands with ghosts and telling stories that made no sense, you would say grandma or you'd say, mom, can we get grandpa to the doctor, okay? So we know something's not right there. But what's interesting about that clip is they, they constantly carry water for the guy. And then a day or two after the State of the Union, they bring out Chuck Schumer so that he can run cover for him too. Let's just try to imagine if this was three years ago and Donald Trump was giving the State of the Union and let's say Donald Trump's poll numbers weren't that great, much like Biden's. Do you think they'd bring out Ted Cruz to be like, Ted, Ted, the guy is so freaking great. Lowest all-time black unemployment, lowest all-time Hispanic unemployment, all these peace deals in the Middle East. Stock market's going crazy, but people don't get it. Ted, could you help us out with this Donald Trump guy? You got it, guys. You got it. One day I'm going to do a show where I just point at the crowd. I'm just going to point at the camera and people will understand what I'm saying by that. Because that's, I think, how, how sharp our audience is. You, you know, with certain, I can give you a look and it's like, you got what I'm saying. You get it. You're wise people. That's why you watch the program. If you'd like to join us for the post-game show, please do join right now at rubenreport.locals.com. We'll be live in about 30 seconds. Uh, if you have not subscribed yet at rumble.com slash rubenreport, go ahead and do that. Our full interview with Robert Malone is up right now, part one with Pete Bogosian, all about political differences and, and how you can maintain a friendship throughout that. Uh, because as I said, Pete and I watched the State of Union, not together, but I'm watching him live tweet it. And he's telling me how great Biden is and I'm going off on Biden. And then coincidentally, I had him on the show. He was in studio here in Miami the next day. So we just released part one on that. How can you maintain friendship with people who you just see things in such a different way with? Uh, that's what Pete and I did for about an hour. I think you'll enjoy that. And then later today, uh, my full interview, it's about a half hour with Spencer Clavin. You guys know Spencer. He's on the panels quite often. Son of Andrew Clavin from The Daily Wire. Uh, he just wrote a new book all about how to save the West. Uh, he's, he's really a great thinker. I think he's got a bright future in front of him. Uh, that will be up later today. Uh, we leave you with a cold close and I'll see you momentarily. But look, my number one priority is saving lives. Saving lives. That has to be my number one priority. And it has since the, the time that I took my oath. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.